Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to CEC here at Edmonton Impact Gospel Ministries, where each week we try to bring you meaningful topics and discussion in under an hour to help you grow in your faith and your relationship with God. Thank you so much for tuning in, for sharing with your friends, and for joining us each and every week. We really appreciate it. This is also live, so if you are with us, you can also engage in the discussion by putting your comments in the chat to join in what we are talking about tonight. Tonight's topic is enemies of Christ. Sounds like some heavy-duty stuff. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, Pastor Riley. Oh, good evening, my friends and Bible scholars out there. It's a wonderful, nice evening. I'm so happy you could take this time out, you know, to dig further in the Word with us. Like Gavin said, the topic is enemies of Christ. And uh, because we have been talking so much about relationships, you know, you have the good side of the relationship and you have the not so good side. Those that might be in opposition are just really don't care. So this evening... Uh, we're going to follow with John, you know, to see what he says about someone that is not really for Christ, our Lord. Our resources this evening will use the Bible, the New King James Version, and a couple of letters and a few comments from Max Lucado. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we do bless your name. Thank you so much for your words, oh God. Without it. I don't know where we would be. Help us to feast on it this evening. Let it digest, oh God, in us, that it may teach us how to walk, how to grow, how to minister to those who are seeking your face. That Heavenly Father, we will portray your goodness and your grace as we live our lives in this world. We give you praise this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. An enemy would be, I believe, is somebody that's is is not up to any good for you, doesn't want to see you prosper, don't want to see you succeed. If it was up to them, they would uh, prefer you not being here. Anything that you are, they are in opposition uh, to that. Our theme verse really is from First John twenty, First John two. 22 and 23, just a section out of it. It reads like this. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? And then we go down to 23. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So a little bit of reflection. Uh, This is a touchy word, tolerance. Tolerance is a word we often hear in various circles and has been at the front of what is considered a civilized society. As we are exposed to more varieties of beliefs, practices, and opinions, the call for tolerance is being sounded even louder. Mm -hmm. It is considered wrong to even call into question the beliefs of another person. So here's a question. Uh, We are not going to have a discussion on it. I just want you to think about it. Just food for thought. When do you think tolerance is right and called for? And the second part to that, when is it foolish 
and even dangerous to be tolerant of certain beliefs. You know, so just think about it. Sometimes we need some of those and see what you come up with. All right, let's go to the scripture. 1 John 2, from verse 18 to 29. And I'm reading from the King James Version. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledged the Son as the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. Of what you heard from the beginning abides in you. You also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you you will abide in him and now little children abide in him that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Praise Amen. the Lord for his words. Now, we had, we had looked at John, or we have been in, the, in these letters that John has written. He had talked about fellowship. He has talked about obedience. And now... Uh, John addresses central issue at hand, exposing false teachers in the church who have no love for God and who are leading the believers astray. John reminds his readers that they are living in the last hour. Question, what did he mean by last hour? What evidence did he provide in verse 18? Well, in verse 18, it says the last hour is here because you've heard that the Antichrist is coming and many have appeared. So mm -hmm. I think he's referring to how as we get closer and closer to the second coming of Jesus, that more and more deception will be around us. And he specifically mentions the Antichrist spirit. Amen. Amen. And uh, of course, we know the enemy would not want us to make it in. So, of course, he's working over time. And uh, I remember in uh, some of his teaching to his disciples, he had told them, when you see these things, look up for your redemption, draweth nigh. 
Now it's good to know that there would be certain things that points out the last days. Don't forget, we don't know when he is coming. Mm-hmm. But when he talks about this is the last hour, in other words, we are down, we are coming down to the crunch. And so we're going to see all kind of weird things. Mm-hmm. Right? So don't be dismayed. Amen. Another question for you. According to John, what constitutes being an enemy of Christ? Maybe I should have a question before that. Can someone really be an enemy of Christ? It's a strong statement. Um, there are a lot of people who don't like him, people who oppose him, people who would rather not see him succeed. Mm-hmm. Enemy is even stronger because that's someone who's actively trying to oppose him and anything he's trying to do. Which we did see in Jesus' day with uh, Pilate and, mm-hmm. and all those people. But uh, in these days, yeah, maybe still. Maybe still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't tend to think that God can have enemies. Of course... We hear people around us say all kind of things about God and, you know, think nothing of it. For us, we would go, oh, I can't believe you said that about God. Mm-hmm. But for them, it means nothing, right? But an actual enemy uh, sets out in their old duty, you know, t- to erase whatever uh, we know about Christ or whatever promises he has left or whatever the Bible said about him so then in 22 just for the sake of refreshing john says who is a liar but he who denies jesus is the christ he is antichrist who denies the father and the son whoever denies the son does not have the father either he who acknowledges the son as the father also so I know there, there, there are a lot of arguments at times that, you know, Jesus has no father and things like that. But here John is going, you got to accept both. If you deny one, you're affecting your relationship with the other. So then basically he's saying if you're denying Christ, you're pretty much a liar. And you stand under the spirit of Antichrist. Now there's a stipulation between the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you know out there about the Antichrist. The Antichrist seem to be what who we wait for. You know that the Bible described that he will set himself up almost deceiving uh, believers that he is God. That's a particular person. The spirit of Antichrist uh, is a spirit that dwells in us that would cause us to want to belittle or or uh or make make it seem like false that jesus the son of god came in the flesh died for our sins went to heaven and is coming back for us that's a spirit that dwells in us so that individual is not an antichrist but exhibit the spirit of antichrist Hmm. amen what resources does John say God gave you to keep you from being led astray? The biggest thing he mentions is the fact that we've got the Holy Spirit. We've mm-hmm. received him and that he lives within us. 
Amen. And so he would say, he says, technically, you don't really need anyone to teach you what's true because the Holy Spirit in you should, is also going to teach you what is true. Okay. So I would say the less Holy Spirit we have in our lives and in our congregations and in our homes, mm-hmm. the more susceptible we are to anything um, antichrist that we've been talking about today. Amen. Because there are some very good speakers out there. There are some, some people can make you believe that Canada is sinking. <laughs> you know? the, 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 the way they word it, the way they put it, you come to believe it to be true. But according to John, you, you have that anointing. That means you have stepped further than just believing. Now, the Spirit of God dwells in you, so He's able to, to teach you that wisdom and bring discernment to you. So you can hear things, and your, the Spirit in you will reveal it that, no, that's contrary to what the Word of God says. Amen? So then, we need to be filled up with the Spirit. We need to be charged up such that the Spirit is strong in us, so... We are not easily led astray by every false doctrine, every wind of doctrine. It, you would be like a dog chasing its own tail. <laughs> so today you will hear something and go, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the right thing. What about next week when you hear something else? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the right thing. <laughs> so you would be to and fro, back and forth. And uh, I don't know about you. I heard the saying, a rolling stone gathers no moss nothing can grow on it amen amen Amen. but not not only needing to have the holy spirit inside of us but also having the word in us as well because we have to measure and judge whatever we're hearing and doing by the standard of the word as well Mm -hmm. so it takes both pieces of the puzzle because how is the holy spirit going to bring truth back to your remembrance if you never read it if you don't know what God's Amen. word says, Amen. if you don't, okay, I'm going to stop. Just, we need the word. We need the word. Don't stop, Gavin. <laughs> you know, we need to get beyond, I hear that, to, I have read it in the scriptures. Like somebody spouts a, a, a verse from the Bible. You like it? You like Go and read it for yourself. So you can say, yes, I saw it there. Mm-hmm. Right? And this way, whenever the enemy comes, whenever you hear this, you can go back to your Bible and you look and say, no, 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 no. The Bible said to watch out for these false guys because they're going to make it sound good. But when you check it out, it's not right. The last thing you want is for somebody with a wrong teaching cause you to lose your way. And sometimes people... As people, we might hear things or see people do things and we go back in the scripture and we search and we say, I don't really see anything that says yes or no mm-hmm. regarding whether this is okay. Mm-hmm. But there's also an aspect of, based on reading the scriptures and, and re- knowing the life of Jesus, how he do- does things where his character is, mm-hmm. we should also be able to measure it by Jesus' character and the attitude of the Father and use that to judge things. So if we know that 
it's not in Jesus's nature to condemn, mm-hmm. then we should not be quick to believe people that preach a condemnation gospel, for example, because we know that doesn't line up with Jesus's character. Amen. Amen. And uh, according to the scripture, he calls us not to be judges. <laughs> Some people don't like that. Because you see, fellow believers, the same way you judge, that's what the Bible says, you would be judged the same, same way. If you have your Bibles, if you can quickly flip to uh, John 15, you know, don't lose your first John, but uh, in John 15, there are a couple of verses that we would like to tie into this. Verses 4 to 8. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words, same words we are talking about, abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And verse 8 is very good. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Amen. Amen. Hence, when you are grounded like that, who can lead you astray? Jesus is abiding in us and we are abiding in him. Another question here. How can you tell as you are being guided by the Holy Spirit that a teaching is of God? You know, it's easy to say you can tell, but when you get down to the meat and potatoes, how really can you tell? I've often asked myself this question, and if you use the natural as a comparison, if someone were to tell me that you sent a message for me, Mm -hmm. saying to take my ungrateful sister to go do what she wanted you to do, Mm -hmm. I would not be inclined to receive that message, because that doesn't sound like you. Mm -hmm. You would not use those words to describe your child. Mm -hmm. The nature of the message doesn't line up with your nature. Mm-hmm. So if I hear something and the nature of what they're saying doesn't line up with the nature of God, the nature of Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be inclined to believe the words that they're saying. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. Mm-hmm. We have to try and line ourselves up with who God is and what he does. And scriptures are a really good example of that amen and to think that he loved us before the world uh, was able to acknowledge that there was a God on a, on a big scale on a wide scale when we were still in our sins and evil ways mm. the scripture said he loved us absolutely but sometimes we as uh Believers, we look at ourselves as uh, maybe 
a little bit too special, precious, <laughs> set apart. But the things you are doing, God could not love you. Remember, he loved the whole world and gave his life for the whole world. So going back to what Gavin said about the, the, the attitude and character of God mm-hmm. is to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. So then, when, uh, how can you tell as you are being guided by the Holy Spirit that a teaching is of God? When it lines up with the scripture of God, when it's not contradicting itself, mm-hmm. when, they don't, when they don't really have to take a scripture and twist it to form a certain way, yeah. but one section is backed up by the other section because God cannot have a division <laughs> within himself. Of course. He has to be true, all true. And in addition to that, the Holy Spirit within us should also, what they say, bear witness. Something will resonate inside of you mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit that it is correct, that this is of God as well. Amen. And I, I, I will introduce this. You all heard about conscience. Okay. Conscience. Especially for us as believers. When you come to believe, and when you have committed your life to the Lord, when, when a wrong thing uh, is present, presented itself to you, or you find yourself in a wrong situation, there's a, there's, I don't like to say a little voice, because now you're going to picture two little things <laughs> sitting on your shoulders. But, but there's something in your conscience that will say, don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. That's not right. And if you, God forbid, gone and done that, there's a guilt that comes over you because you know you have gone against God's teaching and done the wrong thing. You know, there's something as in a conscience. Now, we talk about teaching. How about our own self uh, thinking, I don't see anything wrong with this. It's okay for me to do this. So you two also have got to measure that in the same way, whether it is right or it is wrong. Yield to the Holy Spirit and listen to your conscience. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. How can being in community and having fellowship with other believers help you when it comes to determining whether a teaching is true or false? Okay, what about this? We went to an event last year. We were talking about bridging the gap between generations. And one of the speakers talked about how it actually takes more than one person to get to know one person. Mm -hmm. So hear me out. The person I am with my sister Mm -hmm. will be a little bit different than the person I am with my parents. Not that I'm being different or two-faced but the interactions the speech the jokes that i make with my sister are going to be different than the speech and the jokes i have with my parents control it's going to be different than the interactions i have with my friends will be different than perhaps some of the different people i meet at church everyone's going to see an aspect of me that's a little bit different and if you're not being two-faced it's still part of who you are 
So actually, no one group of those, no one group will know it, you in your entirety. It actually takes all the groups to know the dimensions of who you are as a person. Mm. So then if it actually takes that many people to fully know a person, then how many more of us is it going to take to know the dimensions of an infinite God? So us getting together, I hear God's voice in you in one way. Mm -hmm. I see God's face in the actions of someone else. Mm -hmm. I see the love of God in a different way through this other person. I, you know, feel all the different aspects of God through my interactions with the different children of God, because we are his body, his hands and his feet, and Amen. he's reflected through us. Amen. So if we're in isolation, we're only seeing a very small fraction of who God is. But if we're in a good community of believers, people who are actually seeking after God and he, Christ is um, shining through them, I'm going to see different pieces of God reflected in all of these people and get a completely different picture or a more whole picture of who God is. So then that's a really long explanation just to say a community of believers mm -hmm. is going to help me more fully understand God and who he is, what he wants to do, what he's saying, and it will also help me to discern, because I'm more familiar now, mm -hmm. discern what is of God, what isn't of God. That doesn't that doesn't sound like God. That doesn't smell like God. That doesn't feel like God, Amen. as an example. Amen. And uh, in addition to that, it expands your mind as well. Because now, instead of you uh, being in, a, in, a, in your little corner with your own thinking, you can now... Uh, draw from each other's testimony, each mm -hmm. other's experiences, mm -hmm. and this also helps you to grow. Oh yeah. So so after a while, you start to know uh, this the true sound mm -hmm. of the sheep of God. The true sound is just like being a, in an orchestra. Once one instrument is introduced, sometimes it might be in tune, but you know, you didn't have a violin in and suddenly it's brought in, you take notice. Yeah, that's true. You take notice. And it's the same thing because you draw strength from each other. Now you can, uh, you have a lot that you can compare to when something different comes in. Mm -hmm. Different is not necessarily bad, but false is bad. Yes. Right? So now you don't jump to the conclusion that it is false, but you start measuring it. You start discerning what it is. Mm -hmm. And when you see it for what it is, you take your stand against it. Amen. Wow. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have done it better than Gavin here. Oh. Community is important. It's very important. Church is important. The fellowship with the body of believers very, very important. It's our lifeblood. Amen. Amen. What are some specific protective measures you need to better prepare for false teachers that you are likely uh, to encounter? So in other words, you is not if you're going to meet 
false teacher or hear false teaching, you are. But what are some specific protective measures you need to take? Okay. Jesus tells us to identify them by their fruit. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn to become good fruit inspectors, good fruit pickers. (laughs) (laughs) You know the tree, the fruit tree by the fruit it produces. Amen. And we all know that you cannot get watermelons from a banana tree. True, true. And we know that if you plant oranges, you're not going to get grapes. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn to look at and identify the fruit that's coming from any of these people or any of these groups Mm -hmm. and take it and look and and say whether or not that's the type of fruit that we should be producing. Galatians clearly outlines the type of fruit we should have. Jesus clearly tells us the types of things that believers in him should be doing. Right. And if their fruit doesn't match up with that, then we know it's not from that vine they're coming from. Amen. So then we need to, just like you say, good pickers of fruit, but we also got to learn about fruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About fruit. If you don't know what an orange should look like, <laughs> you know, I mean, somebody could... Hit, it, hit you in the head with it and you're still searching for the orange because you don't know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But when you can, you can identify. In other words, when you, when, you, when you dig in the Word, when you learn from each other, when you do Bible study, you learn how to identify which is the good fruit and which is not. Mm-hmm. If you have ever grown up in the tropics, we have lots of wonderful sweet fruit. So I hear. (laughs) But we don't eat every fruit in the tropics. What? There there are fruits we learn. Not of ourselves. Our parents tell you, don't eat that. It's not good for you. Okay, listen, 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 listen. So if I'm a new believer, Mm -hmm. I just came to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I don't yet know what all of these spiritual fruits should be looking like. Mm Mm-hmm. So in the same way, like a a tourist might go to a new tropical country and not know what the fruits are good and bad to eat. That's right. Where do I go to learn what the fruits are? Mentors. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tour guides. So you see, tour guides. Amen. Spiritual tour guides. So when you do do come into a, a community or a fellowship, we have those who have already been able to identify certain fruits. So we don't... They don't take you and give you a textbook and say, go home and study. <laughs> but they take you under their wing and you look to them for guidance. So if you come across a fruit, mm-hmm. because you have learned to trust them, you have learned, uh, you have built a relationship with them. You come across a fruit that you're not sure whether it's an orange or an apple. Mm-hmm. So you call this guy, person up and go, I'm looking at a fruit. <laughs> That it's like this, 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 this. You trust them to identify it for you. Yeah. And when they say, no, that's not good for you, because you have built that relationship, you can say, okay. Mm-hmm. The wise and where to find it will come later, but you take them at their word. Amen. That is a great point. I like that. Amen. Amen. So, so connection is very good. 
for our growth, for our survival, and for our strength in Christ. Life lessons, this is always good. As warnings go, here's one from Paul that's a doozy. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Mm. Mm. And we find that in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14. This is a sobering reminder that some things that seem right can actually be deadly. So especially for us as believers, not everything goes. We, we, we especially must learn to discern the right from the wrong because we can inflict certain uh, hurts to our own selves. We have a sworn enemy who wrote the book on deception. Amen. He's an expert at blinding people to what's true and he would like nothing more than to bring about our death. And yet because we are God's children indwelt by God's spirit we do not have to cower in fear mm -hmm. we do not have to feel like I cannot make it you do not have to throw your hands up in the air and said this is impossible the same God who calls you the same God who began the work in you the scripture teaches us that he is also the one that can finish it for you remember he has overcome the enemy and he tells us we can do the same. Our responsibility is to remain sober-minded. And I want to tease you a little bit with this. When you think of the word sober, I don't know if I can pick Gavin's brain. Mm -hmm. When you think of the word sober, what, first, what comes to mind? Someone who can walk a straight line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> simple, simple put. <laughs> That means they see the line for what it is and they can walk it straight. When you think of it on a spiritual sense, it means that you're, 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 you are fully aware. Mm -hmm. Like nothing can creep up on you. The person who cannot walk a straight line is because something is in, interfering with his whole uh, balances uh, ability to, uh, to 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 get his body to function the way it normally does yeah and spiritually when we are not sober it's the same thing we fall for the wrong things we tend to get into the wrong places but when the scripture calls us to be sober and watchful it means don't be drunk with the things of the world or uh, the things that are more fleshy has to do with our bodies and stuff like that. Make sure you're building spiritually as well. Hmm. So he said our responsibility, ours, meaning yours and mine, is to remain sober-minded and alert. Keep up our guard and filter everything we hear through the grid of God's truth. Amen. We are to critically and carefully evaluate all the spiritual teachings and theological claims we hear so everything you hear measure it you don't go around and eat everything you see 
I don't know. But sometimes I'm guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you do eat everything you see, you're gonna pay many visits to the doctor at some point or the other. Yes, it's true. All right. So what we we tend to do is to look at what we want to put in our bodies, you know, evaluate it, make the decision, then we eat. Mm-hmm. All right. We do the same thing spiritually. So let's not be enemies of Christ. Let's live the way such that that spirit of Antichrist have no room to get in us and grow in us because we are so rooted and grounded (laughs) in him. Amen. You know, when we started, this topic sounded very scary, especially thinking that there is more traps, more ways for us as believers to fall or be deceived. But after the discussion, I'm actually more encouraged because A, there is the Holy Spirit that he promised to each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. That is our first line of defense, you know, bringing things to our remembrance, leading us into truth. Mm -hmm. Something that's going to witness with us when things are of God and of his his nature. And if you are plugged into a community of believers, being in a group is also our, our defense against wrong teachings or subtle subtle things that could lead us astray because we can see the Lord operating in each other. We have each other's experience to draw off of. We have mentors that we can perhaps find. So, you know, I think a lot of people have been very, very afraid, very worried about trying so hard to guard themselves against uh, wrong doctrines. But, you know, Jesus has not left us naked he's not left us unawares he's given us the church and given us the holy spirit as means to guard ourselves and and all of a sudden it doesn't seem so bad i think most of us can can actually do this and i remember i promised he would not leave us comfortless mm-hmm. right if if we if we practice what he gave us we we, we did not save ourselves no, of course not. It is through his forgiveness. He has brought us that hope and salvation. But then we get to the stage where we start to believe it is up to me. <laughs> yeah. Our, our effort go into following what he lays out. Where the, the human nature and all of that comes in. You know, of course they say it is slain, you know, under sanctification but but when when the human element comes in that's where the spirit of god is able to keep us on the light what he requires of us draw nigh to god and he will draw nigh to you mm-hmm. he will never leave us or forsake us so fear will cause you to jump for every thing yeah. and he did not give us the spirit of fear fear that kind of fear is not from him amen Mm-hmm. That's an enemy of our souls. So believers, please don't live in fear. Amen. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. You're able to say, God has called me, therefore there's a crown of life laid up for me. I just have to abide in what he lays out. And don't, don't look for the gotcha. It's not a gotcha, God. It's not a... 
uh, set up all kind of traps and snares round, round you. The scripture teaches us, if you're tempted, don't say you're tempted of God. He's not that type. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to make it in. We just got to be consciously choosing him and not the enemy. Yeah. And he will take us through. Very good. Amen. Very good. Amen. This is a good time to pray. Mm. Heavenly Father, continue to guide us in your truth. Fill us, guard us, and shape us into the people you want us to be. Teach us how to think rightly and how to live in a manner that pleases you and brings glory to you. We yield our hearts and our minds and our very lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I would not live up to my name if I did not leave you with a thought. Mm -hmm. Have you ever felt the need to leave a particular church? <laughs> and if so, what were your reasons? Oh, man. So we are officially opening up the floor for all question and answers. If you have a question, even if it's not as triggering as this one, please write them in the comments and we'll do some question and answer here for the next few minutes. Have I ever felt the need to leave a particular church? I have. We talked about how your community is very important. Mm -hmm. So there, there's once a time where I felt what God was speaking to me and what I was learning in my faith was not, wasn't, no, wasn't any longer the same as what the group of uh, believers I was with was seeking after or learning from. And so we started to have this disconnect in uh, what we thought was the nature of God or the nature of our faith. Mm -hmm. And that can really wear on you if you feel like God is calling you into more, but everybody else feels like there isn't any more, then I, I thought it was, it was time to make a hard decision. Do I, do I feel like this is God using all the tools that we talked about today? Um, is, this, is this false doctrine or is this something the Holy Spirit is leading me into? Mm -hmm. And I thought, yes. And so I actually did leave to seek another community of believers and it wasn't very hard to find a group believing and and pressing into some of the things that I was believing and all of a sudden I found another community where we, we sought God together and we really grew together. Amen. Amen. So your reason was something was missing. Yeah, and I think you can't always use that at a ga as a gauge. Mm-hmm. But I think if we start being cross grains for each other, if we're not going in the same direction, maybe, of course, you should try. But mm -hmm. sometimes there's a, a need for that. Mm -hmm. I think being that I've lived way longer than you. You have? No way. I can, <laughs> I can remember uh, way back in my youthful days, you know, I was I was shocked to to find that fellow believers could look you in the eye and lie, mm -hmm. and so that took me 
took me back. I thought everyone followed what the Bible, what the Bible said. But then that opened my eyes. But then when the criticism and the, you know, the backbiting and the, you know, you, you think they would be for you because you're all working for the same place. Then right. other things start coming into play. And of course, uh, you, you would consider, is this really what God was talking about? So you start looking or thinking of where could be better. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line would say the pressures, the my learning, how vicious sometimes believers can be. Mm-hmm. That got me as a young convert. That got me. I don't know what your story is out there. But you can measure it. It's like your decision to leave is not necessarily always correct. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes you're being brought through a process that you will learn something more that it opens your eyes to want to dig deeper now you don't you don't just take things for granted you start searching yourself yeah Yeah. right and never make a move without seeking the lord on it of course what if the lord just want to see how you handle this (laughs) and he has something greater in store for you you know it's a it's a good reflective question you know, I would not advise you to lose sleep over it, but I wouldn't <laughs> mind if you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, put prop up your pillow and say, let me really think about this. Yeah, it's good. I mean, if any of you have any additional perspectives on this question or have other questions, feel free to leave them in the chats even after the stream is over because we would all like to benefit, benefit from that. Amen to that. Amen to that. But for tonight, as for tonight, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you spending your Tuesday evenings with us. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged. Maybe you you will have your own conversations with your circles in the coming week based off of what we've talked about tonight. Again, we want to thank you. The Lord bless you and have a good night.